Chapter 29, Concept Number 2. Recognize that you cannot continue like this. Concept Number 2. Step 1 revealed that there is a deep rift between your sinful actions and thoughts and your pure holy essence that represents who you really are. The more that you realize how true Step 1 is and you constantly reveal your pure inner self, the more unhappy you will become. Why? Because you will constantly be feeling the friction that there is between your exterior actions and your interior essence. You will begin to feel that you are not really content with the way that you are currently leading your life. And you will begin to feel that you must change your actions or thoughts to match who you really are deep down. But have no fear. This terrible feeling inside of you is actually a good thing. The Maran HaKadosh Mikubrin explains, as long as a Jew is not at peace with the way things are, and internally he's in pain over his spiritual situation, and he feels that living life like this is not living at all. So then what happens is Your innards, your inside, your soul, your essence is going to demand that you work hard to reach a new place. It's a painful way to live when you're in this state. But here's the good news. If that's what's going on inside of you, then you're not lost. Because the yearning and the desire that is burning inside of you, demanding you to change, combined with the fact that you're not willing to live at peace and be happy with the status quo. That itself the burning desire to change and being unhappy. Those are the elements that are necessary to cause a person to change. So when you don't ignore the screams and you pay attention to what's going on inside of you and you hear and feel and deal with the screams emanating from your inner essence to wake up and realize that you can't continue living your life the way that you are now, that fire raging inside of you is actually the spark that will ignite your passion to fight for your God-given right to live a life that you are truly proud of, to become all you can be. So as long as you are not content with your current spiritual status and you feel that to continue living this way is just not an option, guess what? That means you're not a lost cause. As the Kabrina continues, The worst thing is when a Jew is at peace with his spiritual level because then he doesn't dig to change. So if you smother the anguish emanating from within your soul and try to convince yourself that you're at peace with your current spiritual level, this will result in your inability 
to dig deep down and muster the courage to truly change yourself. You will just continue to live a smelly life. This is an important revelation because as long as you think you are content with your spiritual life, you will never be able to truly change and improve yourself. In fact, as long as you are not completely and utterly disgusted with your spiritual status, you will never be able to really change the direction of your life. I could hardly take the horrible stench as the garbage truck drove by, but the garbage man seemed oblivious as he held on to the back of the truck with his nose right next to the disgusting garbage while eating his lunch. The Nesiva Shalom says, What is this similar to? To a person that falls into an extremely deep pit. As long as the rescue team hears him crying and screaming, Get me out of here! They know that he is alive and alert. However, if he's not screaming, get me out? You know what that means? That means that the fall caused him to lose touch with reality. The fall was much more damaging to him. But imagine if, God forbid, something even worse happened. Imagine that they call down to him, Don't worry, help is on the way! And he replies, Help? I don't need any help. I'm fine down here. It's you guys that need help. Why don't you all come down here? Life is great here in the pit. I'm loving it. This is great. That would mean that the impact of the fall caused such severe damage that he doesn't even know that anything is wrong with him. And in fact, he may think that something's wrong with us. V'hi Hamid the the Nesiv Shalom says, the same applies with regard to spirituality. The more that you recognize how far away you are from where you want to be, the more confusion, inner pain, and suffering you will feel. You will feel sick and disgusted from the way that you currently live your life. However, this grief is good. When this grief is used properly, this deep pain can propel you and positively motivate you and thrust you onto the correct path of life. As the famous saying goes, change only happens when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you take the time to really listen to your inner voice, instead of trying to drown it out and tell it to just be quiet because everything is fine, you will hear very important messages emanating from your pure soul. You don't need outside sources to teach you right from wrong. Because deep down, your pure soul knows exactly what is right and what is wrong. However, what is necessary is for you to honestly listen to your soul. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Tuning in. Did you ever listen to your own heartbeat? You know it's constantly there. Well, it better be. And it is audible. And yet you don't usually hear it. So what do you need to do to actually hear it? Well, first, you need to shut out all the outside noise. So go into a place that's really quiet and put your hands over your ears. And after a short time, you can actually hear the beating of your own heart. When you finally allow yourself to be affected by your inner turmoil and pain, you will then be able to tap into an inner strength that you never even knew you had. 
This will give you the strength to overcome all the obstacles and challenges that are blocking you from improving your life. No external source can give you the motivation to change and power to do so. The answer lies right there inside of you. And the power lies right inside of you. As long as you take the time to truly listen to your spiritual heartbeat emanating from your soul. But first, you must shut out any external noise that can sidetrack you. With time and practice, you will learn to constantly be in touch with your soul's messages, and you will learn how to live a life that pleases your soul. And that's when you're going to feel really good. The Zayar HaKadosh says, Every single day, a heavenly voice cries out from Har Chayriv, from Har Sinai. And it says, Return, my wayward children. And the Baal Shem Tov asks a fascinating yet simple question. If there's a basco, if there's a heavenly voice that's going out every single day and talking, why don't we hear it? And if we're not going to hear it and nobody can hear it, then why does it have to go out and cry every day? And the Baal Tov explained that this heavenly voice is like a radio signal that is being transmitted all the time. However, only a radio tuned into the right frequency can hear it. Our pure holy soul is that device that could hear the heavenly voice every single day. And in fact, when we ever feel the inner urge to better ourselves, that is because we felt that signal resonate within us. If you can learn to connect and listen to your inner unsatisfied soul, begging you to break the status quo and finally have the courage to step up and gain control over your life, then you will have the strength to follow through with a new plan to follow yourself out of even the most difficult and perverted lifestyles. Tuning into your inner voice is the beginning of your personal redemption. As the Nesiva Shalom explains, that in Mitzrayim, Ischalta de Geula mi Mitzrayim hoise kakosov vaye anchu b'nei Yisrael meno avoida vayiz aku. The Torah teaches us that the beginning of the redemption from Mitzrayim was sparked by Vaye Anchu, by the moans and groans of Klal Yisrael, showing that they're not satisfied with their matziv, with their spiritual status. And the Nesiva Shalom says a beautiful gedank. What happened before this time? Why didn't they moan and groan before this day? Why only when it was time for redemption did they moan and groan? And he answers that when the time for our redemption arrived, Hashem lightened the load of our enslavement. He made things easier for us in order to allow us to wake up and realize how far we'd fallen from the kind of life we wanted to live and this allowed us to moan and groan about our unfortunate situation. Such a beautiful idea. When we're in so much pain, we don't moan. We feel lost. We feel confused. We feel that nobody can help us. 
Hashem lightened the load and enabled us to moan and groan so that way we can merit redemption and change. However, until the time for redemption arrived, the situation was so terrible that we could not even groan and complain about our situation. We were completely mishubed, subjugated to Mitzrayim and controlled by our warped exterior beast and snake to the point that we were not even able or capable of tapping into our own internal thought process and at the very least cry out to Hashem about our horrific situation. Let's bring an example to prove the point. The following true story is brought down in drugstory.org. The last time I succumbed to my addiction, it had gotten really bad. It took me a while to actually even want to receive treatment. I didn't want the help. When my mom finally realized I had a huge problem, she knew something had to be done. She made me get help. It was so hard to realize my addiction and even harder to kick the habit. But I was able to while receiving assistance in a residential treatment center. The story shows us that the more pain the person was in, the harder it was to even try to get help. If a person stands on your foot, you say, excuse me, you're on my foot. However, if someone drops a heavy box on your foot, you scream, hey, get this off my foot. But if a tractor trailer, God forbid, backs up on your foot, the pain will be so severe that you will not even be able to utter a sound. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Too painful to feel. It was June 8th, 2007. The Daily News reports. A 16-year-old boy named Tanpo Dorji was visiting the United States from Tibet and was involved in a horrific car accident and both his legs were crushed between a Honda Civic and a light pole. Medics on the scene pointed out that Tanpo was talking, but he wasn't screaming due to the extreme amount of pain he was in. Let's bring this home. As you go through your life, most of the time your exterior beast will manage to silence your interior pure voice so that you seem to be complacent and actually happy with your spiritual level. However, now we know what you can do to reverse your situation and bring redemption and salvation to your life. As the Nesiva Shalom points out, Just as the redemption of Klal Yisrael came about by beginning to moan, that was the Hizchal to the Geula, so too this applies to the redemption of every single individual. Once you realize that this is not the real you, concept one, and you begin to listen to the pain and confusion deep inside of you that pushes you to realize that you cannot continue to live this way, concept two, then even though you don't yet have the self-control to improve your situation, at least you can start to express your inner pain by moaning about it. And that is what will eventually bring you the power to pull yourself out of even the worst conditions and situations. 
As the Nesiva Shalom says, Hashar la'avoyer mimatzav shel galus, lemmatzav shel geula, the doorway to go through from being in a matzav in a situation of exile, to redeeming yourself, freeing yourself, to be in a situation of geula, of redemption, hi ha'anacha, ha'amuka, she'yehudi nenach mipnimi ois levavoy, al shenesrachik me'oviv shebashamayim. It's the deep, painful moan that a Jew moans out from internally from deep, deep inside of you on the fact that you are separated and far away from your Father in Heaven. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that tapping into your inner pain and allowing yourself to express your sincere yearning to improve your life and become closer to Hashem is the vehicle that will carry you from exile to redemption. Exposing your inner pain over the fact that your life has somehow been hijacked will motivate you to stop floating through life, being forced to think or act contrary to who you really are inside. And this is the second step to your personal redemption and recovery. However, beware, there is a dangerous side effect to exposing your inner pain. Even though this is a necessary step to change your life, tapping into your inner pain can be a very dangerous game. You see, the evil Yetzirah is certainly not going to allow you to get away with this, to simply reflect on your life and then actually change yourself for the better. Oh no, he can't let that happen. You can rest assured that it will use your good intentions to work against you and it will try to do whatever it can to make sure that you do not walk away from this moment of deep introspection with any real motivation to change. And this is the evil plan of the Sahara. As you feel your inner pain that comes from your deep yearning to improve and elevate your life, the evil snake will attempt to cause you to feel frustrated and confused so that you don't actually change. He will cause you to give up. He will make you feel like you can't do this. You can't change. And then you'll return to those same old actions and thoughts. And you will conclude that spending time and effort thinking about your situation is obviously a complete waste of time. What did you achieve? It just made you feel horrible. And you were back to where you started. So you'll be convinced that you can never change and improve. You are stuck for the rest of your life. And the snake wins again. So let's not let that happen, okay? Here's a tool that will really help you. The Nesiva Shalom teaches us so brilliantly, The Tzabrachinkeit, the brokenness of a Jew that comes out of his deep pain because of the tremendous sins that he did, always has to come from the Oilam Abinyan, the world of construction, and never from the world of destruction, because that'll cause you to have yosh and atzvos, to give up and have depression, chas v'shalom, and you'll get nowhere. So remember, when you feel heartbroken over your many sins, this must always come only from the oilam abinyan, the world of construction, and never ever from the oilam achurban, the world of destruction, which could easily lead you to yosh, giving up, and atzvus, depression, after proper introspection from the world of construction, which looks at your situation through the lens of Oilam Abinyon, the world of building, 
you should leave that session feeling refreshed, energized, motivated, and full of hope. You are stronger than before. You are smarter than before. You're on the lookout to make sure that you don't repeat the same past mistakes again. And you are ready to lift yourself up even if you fall again. Go, go, go. warns us when you reflect on yourself from the perspective of the Olam HaKorban, the world of destruction. You will use your past struggles to depress you and cause you to give up. You won't study yourself in order to figure out where you went wrong and strengthen those weaknesses. Rather, you will just sulk, feel lower and lower, and convince yourself that it's worthless to even try to improve yourself. You'll hear an inner voice telling you that you really have no potential to ever really change. And that will just leave you feeling drained and thoroughly unmotivated to ever become a better person. I mean, why bother trying again and again after you tried so many times before and you failed? After this introspection, you belong completely to the evil snake as never before, as it uses the past losses to destroy whatever defenses you still have against it because you're not even going to try. You are weaker than before and unable to prevent yourself from repeating the same mistakes again. The snake is happy for you to sit and think about your sad and low spiritual situation. It may even approach you dressing up like the Yetzir Toiv, trying to convince you that this is the good influence. He wants you to think about it. He wants you to think about your life so he can ruin your life. But this isn't a good friend at all. He just wants to use all the powerful tools of introspection to depress you and completely destroy you. The Nesive Emes Pnimi says, Hayetzahara Amar Yehudi, Acher Ha'averisha Sisa, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a right to lehistakol ha The Yetzahara convinces a Jew, after the sin that you did, oh, God doesn't even want to look at you. He's not interested in your mitzvahs. Avot Tzarech Yehudi Lachshayv, but a Yid has to answer the Yid has to answer back the Yitzhahara and tell him, no, the opposite is true. After the great merits that I have, the mitzvahs that I did, then maybe Ulay HaKadosh Baruch Hu Who told you, Yitzhahara, that after the Averis that I did, Hashem is not interested in my mitzvahs? Maybe the opposite is true. Maybe after the mitzvahs that I did, Hashem is not interested in looking at my Averis. So when the evil snake, that twisted snake within you, tells you, after the sins that you did, Hashem is no longer interested in your mitzvahs, you reply, the opposite is true. After the many mitzvahs that I do, Hashem maybe is not interested in focusing only on my sins and feeling that I am a horrible, worthless person. Think about it this way. If your close friend would open up to you and tell you all about his deep inner struggles and difficulties and his yearning to grow closer to Hashem, how would you respond to him? Would you ever tell him, Oh boy, you did that? Oh man, you are a real lowlife. You are a piece of garbage, a real loser. You'll never be able to change your life. You should just give up now and never even try to improve. 
Imagine speaking to your Rav, your Rosh Hashiva, anybody that you respect, and opening up to them about your struggles. Would they ever tell that to you? Can you imagine anyone that cares about somebody else ever saying words like that to them? Of course not, because any normal caring person would lift the person up and motivate them to carry on and on and on and not give up. They would pump them up so they can continue fighting. And let's face it, as bad as your situation is, Hashem has seen worse. There are plenty of people who were way worse than you, and they fought and they managed to get better. So why would anyone convince you to give up because you're a loser? Only if they're working for the Yitzhahara. And that's what the Nesiva Shalom says. Ki kal davar shiyuhudi oise, tzarech shiyiyah me'olam abinyan. Uvechlal zeh gam acharota v'hatshuva v'yismalei b'tikva sh'akadosh baruch hu lo yazvenu u'bevada yazer lo yloshuv u'lihizkarev elov yisbarach. What beautiful words. Whatever a yid does, all the mitzvahs that we do and everything that we do, and yes, even including feeling really bad about your past sins, always must only be done from the world of building, the world of construction. After properly analyzing your current situation, you should come to realize that even after everything you did, the door is wide open for you to return to Hashem. Nothing could stand in front of the pure desire of a Jew. Even if it takes time, you can win. And you should become filled with hope that Hashem certainly has not forsaken you. The anacha, the anguish, and inner yearning must never be a negative and depressed moaning from a broken spirit that is helpless and can only sulk in his own misery, have a pity party, and do nothing positive to start to grow and improve. Rather, a Yiddishe Krechts, a Yiddishe Anacha, is always a deep inner motivation that comes from a positive yearning to take a stand and really change your life and become closer to Hashem. The Nesiva Shalom brings down such a beautiful vart to understand what a Yiddishe Krechts is. It says in the Torah, that when Basia, the daughter of Paray, saw the child crying and she said, this is a Jewish child. What does it mean? She saw him cry and she said, it's a Jewish child. So he brings down a pshat that she was able to know that this was a Yiddish child specifically from listening to the type of crying emanating from the child. She heard a cry of hope and not a cry of surrender and depression. And she said, this must be a Yiddish child. You must be aware of the danger of giving up and depression and instead remain focused on the great importance of your inner motivational yearning to become better. So after all said and done, let us now allow ourselves to moan and cry out motivational and inspirational tears of yearning, of tikva, of hope for our individual salvation and for the salvation of all of Klal Yisrael. So that way, we can go higher and higher. And you'll go higher.